0: Hello, you guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. I hope you all are doing good. I hope you're having a great week. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every single Wednesday. And you're not gonna wanna miss it. Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we have a crazy one. There's a lot of moving parts here. I don't think we have ever really done a case like the one we are going to be discussing today. Today we are talking about Kenneth Parnell and the abductions of both Stephen Stainer and Timothy White. Now, you'll see why I say that we haven't done a case like this very soon, but I don't wanna tell you anything else without giving anything away. So, with that being said, Let's jump right on into it today. Kenneth Eugene Parnell was born in Amarillo, Texas on September 26, 1931 to his parents Cecil Frederick Parnell and Mary Oliver Parnell. Now Kenneth's father left his family when Kenneth was only 6 years old and after that Kenneth moved with his mother and his sisters to Bakersfield, California. Now, when Kenneth was 20 years old, he was first arrested and this charge was for sodomizing a young boy. And the way he was able to do this was by impersonating a police officer and using his power as a fake police officer to lure the young boy to him. And for this charge, Kenneth received four years in prison. And while he was in prison, Kenneth actually managed to escape. He managed to get out, however, he was found and captured and brought back to jail. Now, after his release from prison kenneth did get married he actually claims that he has been married three times however official records only show that he has been married twice his first marriage was in 1950 and this marriage lasted for seven years and it resulted in him having a daughter and then the year that he got divorced in 1957 he actually got remarried the second time to another woman. And this marriage also resulted in Kenneth having another daughter. This second marriage ended once Kenneth had gone to jail for the second time for an armed robbery charge. And Kenneth claims that he got married in 1968 for the third time. However, again, there is no record of that anywhere. No one knows even who he was possibly married to. So that is the background of Kenneth Parnell. That is what you need to know. He is a California-based sex offender. Kenneth's crimes only continued as he aged and got more intense and extreme. Now, before we can get to Timothy White's abduction, we first have to look at Kenneth's initial abduction victim. On December 4th, 1972, Kenneth Parnell abducted seven-year-old Stephen Stainer in Merced, California. Kenneth did not carry out this abduction on his own. He actually had help from a co-worker of his. This co-worker was named Edward Murphy. Now, Edward and Kenneth drove two hours to Merced, California on December 4th, 1972. And this is when they saw Stephen Stainer walking home from school on the Highway 140. Now, Kenneth and Edward were actually able to la- Or Stephen... Into their getaway car by saying that they knew his parents and that they were going to be taking him home. However, on the way back to where Kenneth lived, they pulled over to a payphone and Kenneth went out to this payphone and pretended to be on a phone call with Stephen's parents and went back to the car afterwards and told Stephen that he had just been on the phone with Stephen's mom and dad and that they said that they didn't want him anymore. So Kenneth was now going to be taking Stephen back to his house. Now, Stephen being a seven-year-old boy, obviously believed Kenneth. He believed that that's what was going on, and so he didn't really put up a fight at that point. However, what Stephen didn't know was that when he didn't show up back home after school that day, his parents, they immediately knew something was wrong, and they ended up calling the police to file a missing persons report, and right away, there were giant search parties everywhere looking for Stephen. However, unfortunately, Stephen was never found. Now, the day that Kenneth abducted Stephen, he told Stephen that his name was no longer going to be Stephen. He told Stephen that his new name was Dennis Parnell, and Kenneth actually enrolled Stephen in school under that name, and Stephen continued to live, from an outsider's perspective, a quote-unquote normal life. Kenneth played the role as Stephen's father and pretended like Stephen was his son. However, when Stephen would go home and behind closed doors, he was being sexually abused daily by Kenneth and really used as his sex slave. People who knew Stephen in school said that they never suspected anything like this. They described him as having a great personality. He was said to be spunky and wanted to be normal. Stephen attended Mendocino High School. And by the time he was 14 years old, he had been held captive for seven years. Years at this point, and he had not once attempted to escape or tried to escape. Now, when Stephen was 14 years old, this is when things started to change because Kenneth had realized that he was no longer as attracted to Stephen as he once was because Stephen was now not a prepubescent boy. He was growing and going through natural changes and this was not something that Kenneth was happy with or that he wanted. So in order to fix this, Kenneth decided that it was time that he kidnapped another boy. Timothy White was born on November 1st, 1974 in Merced, California to his parents, Angela Gitlin and James White. And he also has a sister named Nicole. Now at the time of his disappearance, Timothy was living in Ukiah, California with his family. Now prior to Timothy's abduction, Kenneth had enlisted Stephen to help carry out multiple different attempted abductions prior to this. However, every single one of them fell through. And Stephen later admitted that he purposefully botched all these abduction attempts. That way, no one would have to endure what he had endured. Now, when Kenneth realized that Stephen was not going to be any help in pulling off this abduction plan, he actually enlisted one of Stephen's friends, a man named Sean Porman, to be his accomplice in this. On February 13th, 1980, Sean noticed Timothy White playing outside of his parents' home in Ukiah, California. Now at first, Sean had tried to lure Timothy into Kenneth's getaway car. However, Timothy knew very quickly that something was wrong and he attempted to run back inside of his house. However, Sean being much older than him, Sean was able to chase after Timothy and grab him and drag him kicking and screaming into Kenneth's vehicle. similar to Stephen's abduction, Kenneth really tried to change everything about Timothy. He had told Timothy that his new name was going to be Tommy. And along with that, he also dyed his hair. He changed his hair from being blonde to a dark brown color. That way he would be less noticeable by the public when missing persons flyers started to pop up. Now, whenever they would be in public, Kenneth would present it as he was the father and Stephen and Timothy were his two sons. Kenneth actually called abducting Timothy, quote unquote, building his family, which is just absolutely Ridiculously disgusting. Now, Timothy was held captive by Kenneth for 16 days, and those 16 days consisted of not only manipulating Timothy, however, sexually assaulting him as well. Now, after 16 days of Timothy being held captive, Stephen decided that he was not going to just sit around and watch as another young boy endured the same abuse that he did. He decided that he wanted to put a stop to this. So on March 1st, 1980, Kenneth had gone out to work for that day and had left Stephen and Timothy at his house by themselves. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? All right, you guys, welcome back. A little while after Kenneth had left, Stephen and Timothy decided that they were going to hitchhike. So they actually walked a very great distance after leaving the house when they came across a truck driver and they stopped the truck driver and asked him to drive them to Ukiah, California, because Stephen's initial plan was to take Timothy directly back to his home with his parents. However, what happened was that when they got to Ukiah, Timothy realized that he did not remember his address. He was five years old. So he did not remember where he lived, and this resulted in Stephen then having to make a new game plan, and his new game plan was to go directly to the police station. When Stephen and Timothy walked into the police station, Stephen immediately told the officers everything, and there's actually a famous quote because Stephen's story has been publicized many, many different times in movies and documentaries and books, and the famous quote is, I know my first name is Stephen, end quote. And was one of the many things that really stood out to them. Now, that same day on March 1st, 1980, both Timothy and Stephen were reunited with their families. Now, I want to talk really quickly as a side note about the question that a lot of you might be having, which was, how did Stephen go seven years, go to school, be left home alone, and not try to escape prior to Timothy Being there. And the answer to this is something called Stockholm Syndrome. And if you've never heard of Stockholm Syndrome, Stockholm Syndrome is a condition where hostages can develop a psychological bond with their captor during captivity. This bond is initially created when a captor threatens their hostage's life, and the hostage responds by complying however necessary in order to protect their life. It's essentially a survival tactic that carries over into psychological manipulation from the captors part. So the reason that a lot of people that we've talked about before, for example, JC Lee Dugard or Elizabeth Smart, or in this case, Steven Stainer, they don't try to escape is because they've been psychologically manipulated and groomed and they don't know any better. A lot of times captors will do exactly what Kenneth did to Stephen, which is tell him that his parents don't want him anymore, that no one would miss them, that no one's looking for them. And it really, really can psychologically mess with their victim's head. Now, the following morning, Kenneth Parnell was arrested, and when it came to the trial, Stephen and Timothy's cases were treated in separate trials. So, Stephen's abduction had its own trial, and Timothy's abduction had a separate one as well. Now, ultimately, Kenneth was found guilty and was sentenced to seven years for the abduction of Timothy, and he actually only ended up serving five years for it, which is crazy. So he was only in jail for all of this for five years. And he was not charged with any sexual assault charges for the reason being that most of these offenses occurred either outside of the jurisdiction or they were outside of the statute of limitations. So after all of this, Kenneth was just out walking free as a free man until 2003. And in 2003, Kenneth had a full-time caregiver because he did have health problems. And this caregiver was fully aware of Kenneth's past. And Kenneth had tried to bribe this caregiver into getting her to purchase a four-year-old boy for him. Again, let me repeat that. He tried to get his caregiver to buy him a four-year-old boy. And this caregiver's name is Diane Stevens. And at this point, Kenneth was 71 years old and he had health issues, like I said. So Diane was there around the clock. And when Diane was asked this, again, she knew Stevens past, So she basically went to the police right away. And what happened was Diane and the police set up a sting operation that led to Kenneth's arrest. And when Kenneth was arrested, he told police that the reason he was trying to purchase a four-year-old boy was because he wanted a family. Kenneth was convicted on February 9th, 2004 on charges of attempting to purchase a child and attempting child molestation. And for this, he was sentenced to 25 years to life under California's three strikes law. Kenneth Parnell died on January 21st, 2008 at the age of 76 years old, from natural causes. So that is where Kenneth's portion of this case really takes a back seat from now on. That is all we know about Kenneth Parnell and the disturbing, disturbing life that he lived and caused many others harm on. But something wild about this case is this next part about it that we're gonna briefly discuss. And that is how Steven Stainer's abduction affected his brother, Carrie Stainer. Stephen Stainer had a brother named Carrie, and he was Stephen's older brother. Carrie was four years older than him. The family also had three sisters, however, we are just going to focus on Carrie. Now, when Stephen first went missing, it affected Carrie in a very big way. He was said to have just walked outside and would wish on shooting stars that his brother would come home safely. And as he continued on in his younger years of life, he was said to be very sweet very nice, he was voted most creative in his class But something that was always a red flag, a noticeable red flag in Carrie, was his lack of interest of people in general and relationships. He had a really hard time maintaining relationships with women and he had no interest in forming any relationships, romantic, platonic, with anyone in general. And as he grew up and grew older, he was described as a loner. People called him a creepy loner. That is how Carrie was described. And when Steven came home, when Steven was finally reunited with his family, seven years after his abduction, Carrie was said to have a very, very strange relationship with Stephen almost off the bat. There is actually a picture of Stephen being reunited with his family, and everyone is in tears. They're so happy. They're smiling. And in this picture, it's very eerie because Carrie is just standing in the back of this photo with no emotion on his face whatsoever. He doesn't seem happy. He doesn't seem sad for whatever reason. If he was, he is just completely straight-faced. And when Carrie graduated from high school, it was said that he had no sense of direction. He didn't really know what he wanted to do with his life. He had no goals. He had no aspirations. But one thing he would do quite frequently is he would go to Yosemite and just stay up there and immerse himself in nature. It was something that he really liked to do. Then, unfortunately, in 1989, Stephen Stainer, at the age of 24 years old, was killed in a motorcycle accident. And this was what a lot of people believe, really just set Carrie off completely. Carrie moved up to Yosemite full-time and got a job as a handyman at the Cedar Lodge, which was seven miles from the gate of the Yosemite National Park, so he was living there. And in 1999, February of 1999 to be exact, there was three women named Julie Sund and her mother Carol Sund, as well as their friend Silvina Peloso, and they were all brutally murdered while staying at Cedar Lodge. Now, of course, this shook the community because nothing like this ever happened there. However, no one was able to figure out who was responsible. Then, months later, on July 21st, 1999, a 26-year-old woman named Joey Armstrong was also murdered, and she was decapitated. And this was in her cottage very close by to Cedar Lodge as well. Now, this time, authorities, when they went to do their investigation, they learned that Carrie Stainer's car was actually seen around Joey's apartment at the time of her murder. So they decided to bring him in for questioning. And when they did, he fully owned up and admitted to the fact that he did murder Joey as well as the three other women just a couple months prior. Carrie Stainer is currently sitting on death row for the murders and was sentenced to death in 2002. And when he was arrested, he told police that he wanted a movie made about him and everything that he did. Now, because of this, this factor really led authorities to believe that he was doing this for attention. He wanted the attention. He was not trying to put up some front like he didn't commit these crimes. If anything, he wanted his crimes to be exploited into the media so people would know who he was. And this led authorities to believe that the reason he was doing this was because or partially due to the fact that he never got the same attention that his brother Stephen did. And this is a really interesting take because a lot of people believe that Stephen was deemed as this heroic figure and after bringing Timothy back to his family and reuniting everyone and getting Kenneth put behind bars, Stephen was seemed as a hero and he was deemed in the media as a hero. And the theory here is that Carrie did not like that whatsoever. Stephen being praised as much as he was, and especially even after he died, it brought up all of those feelings of, oh, he was a hero and this is so tragic and all of those things because it was. However, it is believed that that is what ticked Carrie off so much. He felt the need to retaliate and he got a sense of rage and jealousy. But at the same time, there really is no telling. We wouldn't know if Stephen never got abducted and he lived a normal and happy life would that be the same case? Would Carry have turned out the way that he did? Now, when it comes to Timothy, Timothy actually became a LA County Sheriff's Deputy in 2005, and along with that, he continued to give lectures to children on his experience of the dangers of kidnapping. However, unfortunately, on April 1st, 2010, Timothy White passed away from a pulmonary embolism when he was only 35 years old. And I think something that's so tragic about this case is the fact that both Stephen and Timothy's lives were cut so short after enduring so much tragedy and trauma. Now, as far as Timothy's home life before he passed away, he did get married, he did have two children, and he was doing his part to give back to his community and turn a tragic experience and a traumatic experience into one that could help others. I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about this case. I'm interested to see if you think that what happened to Stephen is in any way directly linked to Carrie and him being a serial killer. Do you think that there's a connection there? So let me know what you think. You can either email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. It's just at killerinstinctpodcast. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Killer Instinct episode. Like I said in the beginning, my name's Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss another episode. We post weekly every single Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it. I'll be back next week with a brand new one. And until then, stay safe guys.